Good to see you. My name is Brad. Will you pray with me? And then we will continue uh, our service this morning. Father, we thank you uh, for Christmas. We thank you for the fun songs. We thank you what all this means. And Lord, in this next few minutes, may we remember uh, your gift to us, the joy that comes uh, from knowing your son. In your name we pray, amen. Many of you know or many of you seen my son, he looks like a blur that runs around here after church with his mullet in the back. Uh, I'm very proud of that mullet. Uh, I'm jealous. But the other day, I get, to, I get to hang out with him usually on Tuesdays and Wednesdays when, when Carrie's at work, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday mornings. And the other day, he was standing at my feet. His name's Judah. Uh, he's standing at my feet, and he's looking for his Barry. Uh, Barry is a, uh, used to be a bear, uh, but now, maybe many of you have seen Barry, he's just a sad cloth. Uh, don't touch it, it's filthy, uh, even though we wash it on a weekly basis. But he's looking for Barry. Barry used to be stuffed. And he's saying, Barry, 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 each time more and more with emphasis and gusto and tears. And I'm standing like this, looking down, he's standing on Barry. But Barry is missing all of his stuffing, so he doesn't really realize that he thinks he's on carpet. And I'm like, buddy, there's Barry. Barry, 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 Barry. Swipes my hand out of my way. No, Judah, Barry, right, right there. He doesn't care. He gets more and more mad and starts doing this. Barry, Barry, Barry. Literally, my son is standing on the very thing that he wanted so much, but he's missing the point. He's missing my point. And when I think about Judah missing the point of me telling him that he's standing on Barry, he's so close to it, I think a lot of Christmas. Uh, And I think, I I think, I find myself doing this every year where I I say to myself, I'm going to be present this year. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to remember. I'm going to cherish all of these moments. And I try to do this every single year. Yet, every single year, what happens? I come so close to missing it the hustle of shopping, the worry that you didn't get everything on the list, and then the worry that, yes, you did get everything on the list, but how are you going to afford groceries next week? (laughs) And then there's all the things you have to do. You have to watch Christmas movies. You have to make Christmas cookies. You have to drink hot chocolate. You have to go see Christmas lights. You have to have Christmas PJs. And then... You have to have your Christmas PJs on while you're eating the hot the cookies and the and the hot chocolate while watching the movies and singing the songs all at one time. And if you miss it, you miss Christmas. Because that's what Christmas. We put this pressure on ourselves on everything that we have to do in order to make Christmas Christmas. And in doing so, we miss the point of it all. Then yesterday happens and I'm exiting Costco. I had the death wish to go to Costco yesterday. It wasn't that bad. Uh, and so we, we're leaving Costco, and I'm turning right, getting out of the parking lot, and I'm like, I can't wait for Tuesday when it's all over with. People drive crazy during the holidays, right? And then I find myself going, I've missed it again. And maybe you're like me because I have, a cons- I have a sneaking suspicion that this is a common problem. And this time of year, we tend to miss the point. And we rush through Christmas without ever pausing and realizing what the point of this all was. 
When we think of the Christmas story, it begins in Luke with the angels pointing to the shepherds. They're pointing to them like I was pointing to Judah. There's something happening in Bethlehem, they say. Go find it. And oftentimes, when we look at the angels pointing, our gaze misses what they're pointing at, and we start focusing on other things. They say, go find a manger. Never in the story of Luke is a stable mentioned. But what do we look for? A stable. There's no stable there. Look again. There's no stable ever mentioned. Then they say to them, go look for a manger. Now there's some things here. They would have been staying kind of like in the open air garage underneath a house on stilts. It would have been where animals would be kept during the storms. So technically it can be used as a stable, but it wasn't a stable. We get this picture that Joseph goes door to door knocking and, and saying, is there any vacancy? Meanwhile, Mary's back on the donkey being like every good spouse saying, I told you, you should have made reservations. We wouldn't have been in this thing if you would have just listened to me. We get this picture, he's going door to door. History tells us that they were probably in like a garage. There's a manger off to the side because that's where the animals would have stayed if they needed to come in from the weather. And this is where we get this idea of a stable, but the stable isn't mentioned. Then we have this idea of animals. There's no animals mentioned either. We get the picture that in in our nativity scenes, right, that Joseph had to move the cow in order to deliver the baby. And we, we sing about the donkey and the ox keeping time or vitals of Mary as she's giving birth. And this is the picture that we have, but we've missed the point because we've clouded the pictures with things that aren't necessarily there. They're details that get us lost in the picture of it all. The angels were pointing to a, to a manger. The shepherds go running to this manger The manger was the most famous animal feeding trough in history, and it's not really the first choice that we have, but the shepherds were there said, go find a manger. It was a signpost for the shepherds to look for something, and so they go looking. Not many people would choose to put their newborn baby in a manger. So this stood out from other babies probably being born that same night. So the shepherds, they go looking for it. Mary and Joseph were resourceful. The manger wasn't the point what the angels were pointing to. They didn't say, go find a manger. They said, go in the manger is what you need to be looking for. The manger wasn't what they needed to see, but what was in the manger was the important part. The manger in and of itself is just a feeding trough for animals. If anything, it was a signpost to the baby who's living inside of it. The angels say, They show up in the middle of the night to the shepherds. They fill the light, fill the night sky with light, and they say, don't be afraid. In Luke 2.10, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David is a savior that has been born. One translator says it this way, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that that is meant for everyone worldwide. This is good news that the angels are coming. Usually when angels show up, it's bad news, it's judgment, right? We get scared. But they say, no, 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 this time, don't be afraid. I've got good news. The word in Greek is chara megas. It's like super good news. It's exceeding, it's great, it's high, it's supersized news. That this time, this news will bring something. It's good news that you have that will cause in everybody worldwide joy. 
The joy wasn't the manger that they were looking for. The joy that they wanted to see was found in the manger. But what makes this joy so great? What makes this news so great? Great news, the first thing that makes this news so great is good news always comes at the end of a long, hard season. For many of you, you've seen this. The best thing always comes after something very difficult. I once ran a marathon in 90 degree heat. The best drink of water I ever had was after I was done. Because it was cold, I was finished. That's the best water. It was from Long Beach tap water. It was gross. But it tasted so good. The best best meal I ever had was the one that broke a three-day fast. The best hug is from a relative that I haven't seen in years. You're hired are the best two words you've probably ever heard after years and years of looking for a job. Congratulations, you're in when you open the letter for your school back in the day or the ones that you're still applying for. Congratulations always sounds best after you've been rejected multiple times. All of us who know about great news know that great news is only made better Uh, because of the bad times that have come before it. Your cancer-free always comes after a diagnosis of cancer. The best news comes after a long, hard trial. The shepherds that night knew bad news. They were the ones that knew bad news more than anyone else. They felt the stranglehold of Rome on them every day, day in and day out. They were the ones hoping for something good. Our darkest nights and our, dar- and our hardest times are the places where our hope tends to grow the most. And on that dark night, the angels brought them good news. Many of us sit here today in these seats in the middle of a hard time. And today we could take courage and be joyful because Christ thrives in those places. Throughout scripture, this is the story of God. At our wit's end is where he begins to move. In Genesis, it starts with Abraham, and he's 90-something years old. His wife is 90-something years old, and the pregnancy comes back positive, the test. When he thought nothing could ever happen anymore, I've reached my limit, pregnancy was there. The promise was fulfilled. Moses stood on the corner of the Red Sea, the Red Sea in front of him, Pharaoh's army bearing down on his neck trying to kill him. He's out of options, and what does God say? Turn around, I'm going to deliver you in Exodus. And when he was at his wit's end, God began to move. Joseph sat in prison for many years because he did the right thing. Many years he sat there until finally the dream came when he was at his end. Joshua crossed the river to attack a heavily fortified city with barely any troops that have ever seen battle. And God met him when he was at the end of himself. David stood face to shin with a giant, with stones and a sling. Paul was in, the, was in prison writing letters that constitute most of our New Testament. All of these times when they were at their wit's end, God met them in their weakness and brought forth hope. And then there's you. At the end of yourself, today are you out of options, but can you dare to have hope that even though you're out of options, at the end of yourself, Christ can still be born? 
There isn't a single circumstance that can prevent Christ being born in your life. And every circumstance can lead to Christ being born in us. Luke uses the backdrop of taxes and a census. Is anything more annoying than taxes and a census? The answer is no. Joseph and Mary have to travel to take to pay their taxes and report for the census. In the middle of the chaos, in the middle of not finding a place where they could stay, Christ is born in the middle of their hope, or in the middle of their hopeless situation. Christ comes. Good nor bad can hinder God's movement in us. Christ will be formed in you no matter what. That's the good news. The second part of the good news is that it is for everyone. Angels point to a savior that's been born in David's town, a savior called Messiah and Master. This is great news. This is news that they've been looking for. They pointed to a savior, not the manger, but the Christ who was in the manger. It was good news. It was cause for joy, not just for a select few of people, which is how they would think back then that this is just for Israel. The angels were very specific. This news is for everyone worldwide, goodwill towards all people. The angels expressed what God's heart most desires. He wants all people to experience the salvation. This child in the manger was the Messiah who would bring peace, who would offer wholeness to all people. God's merciful will is revealed for all, all of humanity in the coming of Jesus lying in the manger. His coming was for all people. In Luke 2.10, the good will in the angel's song refers to God's favor, which is being revealed in the birth of Jesus. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, good will towards all. And this is personified in the shepherds. We think of shepherds as these nice people like Westerns, but shepherds back in the day were people you didn't want to be seen with. The temple and the religion considered them totally unclean. They would have police records. You wouldn't want your kids hanging out with shepherds. They were the ones you didn't trust. Yet they were the first ones to hear the good news. And it shows us something about our God. He's a very inclusive God. Jesus' birth came at a time where inclusivity was not one of the attributes that they would think of God. Yet Jesus modeled the inclusiveness of God. He had dinner with prostitutes. He had lunch with tax collectors. He forgave the unforgivable, and he healed the disease. The people who the church that day would say, get out of here, you have no right being here. Jesus went specifically to those people. He came to people who did not have theology in order. The people who didn't have the answers, the ones who were not model citizens, We wouldn't go to shepherds first. In fact, we'd probably avoid them. They smelled like animals, and they were probably very shady, shady people. But God does things differently. God's favor was being revealed in the birth of Jesus to all people. The angels pointed to a manger over a mansion. Jesus' father on earth, Joseph, was a carpenter instead of a king. It was quiet. It was just a few people that night instead of a paparazzi and media zoo. Why would God do this? Why would the creator of heaven and earth send his son to be born in such a place, in such a way? Jesus was born to the messy. He was born to an unlikely audience to give us all hope. 
to give us all hope because sometimes our lives look the same way. We're messy and we're unlikely and some of us stink. Yet, yet we're given the same hope. We make a mess of things. Sometimes our actions things, our actions stink and though we try to make the best of it, the winter winds come into our lives and they blow out the divine spark and they blow out the joy and the days are cold and the nights are long and too many days we've spent away from God because of it. And we think that God will never want to come to me because I've been gone for too long. Maybe you've had too many years that have added up and they've been hard on you. Maybe you've made too many choices that you think disqualify you. Maybe your life, you think, is too messy. Yet God knows something, and he has some amazing words that he points to you. The angels point to you, too, and say good news to even you. Tonight, a Savior is born, even to the messy, even to the ones who don't have it all together. These are the first persons that know about this. It points to great joy. The Savior's been born, and it's, born, it's the Savior for all people in all places, everywhere, no qualifiers. You don't have to clean up. And more than that, the angels point to a manger. They tell us to stop at the manger and look inside of it and find the hope that each one of us is looking for inside the manger, not around it. In the most unexpected place, you'll find what you've been looking for this entire time. Angels tell the shepherds to go find it, look in the manger. And they say, no mess will ever turn God back. No smell will ever turn God away. God was born to live in lives like ours. God was born to live in lives like theirs. He knows exactly what you're like, and he still loves you. He simply awaits your invitation to come in. One word from you and God will do again what he did back then at that night when the angels came to sing. He'll place his son in the manger of your life and give you the hope and joy that we're all looking for. This is good news. It was a holy night. It was a silent night that was broken with the news of greatest joy. And for many of us, we haven't taken this step yet to accept this joy. What a day to begin. What a day to accept the gift of Christ on the day when we celebrate that it was actually given to us. Hope and joy to all people in the manger like Christ for everybody. Would you pray with me? And then we'll sing some songs. Father, we thank you that in you we have hope, in you we have joy. And it's found in no other place besides that place and that manger. Lord, too many times we look around the Savior and we miss the Savior. Too many times we miss the point of what you're trying to do around us and through us. Father, tonight, today, may we stop and look in the manger and find our Savior. Lord, you call every single one of us to look in. You've come to everyone. In your name we pray. Amen.